Good morning. Welcome into In Focus here on News Radio KMAN. And it's a Wednesday morning here. Second Wednesday of the month means we're getting a chance to get an update from Pottawatomie County Schools and uh, doing some different things here today because we got some new faces uh, to introduce you to. We'll do that here uh, coming up in this hour. And we'll also hear from Manhattan Area Technical College a little bit later on as well. And uh, Jim Jeanette is out today, the president there. So we're going to hear from Chris Boxberger uh, during that update. and so we'll be looking forward to talking to Chris and getting some update on adult education classes. But we're going to start here first with Wamigo, then we'll hear from Rock Creek in the second segment. Uh, the new superintendent in Wamigo is going to be Rob McKim, who was actually hired uh, earlier this year uh, at a uh, special meeting in, uh, I believe, at the end of January. And Rob, uh, f- first of all, welcome to the program. Glad to have you here. And uh, are you excited? Yeah, thank, thanks for having me on. And yes, I am excited to get started and uh, excited and and I'll, I'll say nervous. I don't know if that's the right word or not, but just uh, anticipating some new new things for me, but also an opportunity to get in with the community and meet them. And currently you are in Lansing and uh, you'll be starting very soon, as I understand it. Yeah, the, I'm the Lansing High School principal right now and until monday the 13th that's my last day there and then i start a new superintendent's workshop on tuesday the 14th continue the 15th and then just right into the um the opportunity to start a little early there at walmigo so the 15th i'll start as the superintendent at walmigo all right well what uh what drew you here to this job in particular and uh maybe give us a little background on your education history okay I, uh, I have lived in Kansas all my life, except four years that I went to college. And so grew up in Sabetha, Kansas. Uh, um, so if you know where that is, that's, that's up in Northeast Kansas as well. And um, enjoy, obviously, my experience there. My dad taught middle school math and, and, and my whole family's in education. So going into to education was something that was a given, I guess, for most of our family. And um, I taught high school math for 15 years in a variety of stops around the state and then a variety of sizes around the state too. And then decided to try my hand in administration. So been an assistant principal and principal for 13 years. The last four being here at Lansing was at Baldwin city for seven before that. And then Fort Scott as assistant principal before that. Um, all my times were spent at the high school. And um, so that's one of the reasons this move will be um, something that I'll be learning on the job as well. Cause I've never, been obviously in a superintendent's role, district office role, but I'm excited for that opportunity. You know, um, the guy that does a morning show with me here, his are, he's in the sports department. His name is Troy Coverdale, and he says he knows the McKim family. So, you I'm know so th- sorry about that. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I imagine. So my dad coached and is probably sat with with Troy if he was doing games and stuff up in that area because he keeps the book for high school basketball games and. Um, I imagine he knows knows our family fairly well. All right. Well, good to know. Well, that'll be a nice little uh, small world thing here for us as we get to know you yep. a little bit better. Um, so, uh, to, why what uh, what have you learned about Wamigo that that uh, maybe you didn't know before? Uh, I, I didn't know a lot. So whatever I've learned is is been uh, or whatever I've come to understand is probably what I've learned. Um, you know. From the people that I talk to and in, in working with my realtor and, and just being around town, 
great community. Um, a lot of pride in the community, a lot of pride in, in their schools and um, their activities and their athletics and um, just the type of people that are good to be around, look out for each other, care about each other, um, but also um, want the best for their kids and their community. And so that's always something or the type of community that I want to be a part of and, and hopefully have an opportunity to lead in that community. Yeah. Well, Wamigo does a lot of good community centered events. They've got a really good chamber of commerce, which I'm, I'm sure you'll, you'll get to learn more about, but uh, of course you're going to be here just in time for Boomtown, which is uh, less than a month away. Have you ever, have you ever been to Boomtown? I, I have not been to Boomtown. I've heard that that was, uh, so I went to the chamber of commerce dinner and I believe it was February, maybe early March, and a uh, great time. Got to meet quite a few people there. And uh, they, they talked about J- July 4th, said make sure you're there. Um, the hard part is July 5th is, is a working day, and so that can be <laughs> a little more difficult. But, um, you know, I, I'm excited to see it uh, and just sit back and be a part of it. Um, it. It's interesting. I've been in several different communities, and they all have their unique charms and flares and there this is this is our thing um i think just in in talking with people uh, boomtown is one of the things that Walmi go claims is something that they're pretty passionate about and do pretty well it, they do I, I i got to sit there last year and check it out and uh wow it's it's amazing you'll 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 enjoy it definitely a, a great uh, community event that comes up of course Ozfest is cool too and so is uh the tulip festival mm-hmm. um but uh, looking ahead, so we got the new school year here just a couple months away. I guess what's kind of what's kind of the uh, on the agenda here for you as the summer goes along? Well, a lot of learning for me, first of all, um, and so that will be something that I, I said the fourteenth. I start with a new superintendent workshop, so just getting to know the board and reviewing and becoming real familiar with their goals and the goals that they've set for the schools and the community, and then had the opportunity to meet with our administrative team last week. We were at a conference together. And so just listening to what we do and what we do well and, and through their eyes was beneficial for me and helps me as uh, we kind of formulate a plan or, or formulate, here's some things we need to work on. Here's some things we need to continue doing well. And so um, I don't know that I can specifically talk about this goal or that goal for me personally, it's get to know the community and get to know the schools and, and, and have a really good understanding of what goes on in our schools. And then we continue to um, work to make those better. Well, and of course, the education landscape is constantly changing, uh, especially here as we get further, hopefully further away from the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, what, uh, what do you see as uh, keeping students successful here going forward is even beyond uh, where, where we're at here with COVID. Yeah, I, I um, and, and I'm assuming that that students in uh, Walmigo are similar to students in, in Lansing and, and Rock Creek and, and just, you know, Sabatha, you know, the, in the last 10 years, they really, um, in my mind, need that connection with staff members, with, with adults in the community, with adults in the school building. So we'll continue to try and foster good connections, good 
um, adult student connections in our our classrooms. I somebody asked me one time what I think the the most important thing is to a student's learning, and I said that's probably changed for me in the last ten years. But I do feel like that connection with that a student has with their teacher or with another adult in the building can really um, help them or encourage them in that educational process. So I'm looking for to establish those and good, solid connections that they have with adults would be something that is important. All right. Well, tell us a little bit about, um, as we wrap things up here, a little bit about your family. Uh, do you have, do you have kids? It is just me. So, um, there, there's no kids there. I'm not married, no kids. And so, uh, you get a lot of me all the time. And, um, I don't know if that's, that's good or bad. I think it's good. Um, I, I grew up on a farm and, and it was a dairy farm until I was 14. So it was literally milk twice a day, every day. And, and I think some of that work ethic has rubbed off on me in a way that, that, uh, I do spend a lot of time and, and enjoy what I do. So it doesn't feel like work so much, but it is something that I'm able to, um, not have, um, family at home to have to go home to. And so I can spend a lot of time in the office and work. So, uh, it is, it is just me. I do have mom and dad are at the farm there in Sabetha and I have nieces and nephews in Iowa and Idaho. And then unfortunately I have a cousin with, with kids in Marysville. I, I, that's a, that's a league rival. So we certainly don't want to, uh, speak highly of them, but I have a family in the area too. So. Well, all right. Well, we're looking forward to getting to know you better here as uh, the months go along. We welcome you to uh, our region, and uh, good luck going forward in Wamigo. Thank you very much, Brandon, and look forward to these conversations. All right. Sounds good. Again, that's Rob McKim, the uh, new superintendent who starts next week in Wamigo. We'll hear from the new Rock Creek superintendent coming up next. Her name is Joan Simino, and we'll do that here after this break on K-Man. And we're back on In Focus News Radio KMAN. And another chance to meet a new superintendent here in our area. We're going to hear from Joan Simino next, who is the uh, new superintendent coming in at uh, Rock Creek starting, what, July 1st? Is that right, Joan? That is correct. Go Mustangs. All right. Well, good, good, to, good to talk to you here. And uh, so this, this kind of came a little bit later on in the process. You were hired uh, just a few weeks ago. Isn't that right? That is correct. It's been a real whirlwind, um, personally, and I'm sure uh, for the district there. Um, Kevin uh, got the job at Heston. They took that superintendent up to um, KSDE, and uh, your job opened, and I applied, and here I am. Um, I have the, for my farm here for sale. I'm trying to close up my district and uh, find a place to live up in that area, so it's been a real whirlwind. And remind me, uh, you see, so you're from Burton. Where, where's Burton located at? Uh, Burton's on Highway 50, almost uh, directly in between um, Hutchison and Newton. We have a great restaurant here called The Barn, and we can meet all of your concrete statuary needs at Yoder Concrete. Okay, very cool. Well, uh, neat, neat to, to hear that. Uh, so when what have you uh, – I guess, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, kind of your background, uh, how you got started in education. Um. Well, I was a military brat, so um, I'm uh, not even originally from the Midwest. I just kind of say from from the United States. My dad um, was career military. Uh, we lived um, all over the United States and abroad. Um, I landed in uh, uh, Nebraska. Dad was stationed at Offutt Air Force Base, 
uh, when I was in high school and graduated from high school there. So at the time, in-state tuition was in Nebraska. So I stayed and went to the University of Nebraska and my family moved on. And uh, from the University of Nebraska, I got my first teaching job in Logan, Kansas, which is um, over there just west of Phillipsburg, north of Hayes. Um, met my husband there. I tell people he was the only eligible bachelor for 100 miles in any given direction. Uh, he knows I say that. <laughs> and um, uh, we moved after he graduated from Fort Hayes. We moved to the area that we're in now. And um, I taught, um, of course, at Logan. I've taught at Wichita East High School. I've taught in Cheney and I've taught here in Burton. So um, I did teach for one year in Bellevue. Um, Nebraska, but then made my move into into, into Kansas. And I spent my uh, teaching career, which has been most of my career, as a music teacher. Um, I'm an instrumentalist um, and still do that uh, um, hobby enjoyment and uh, love to go walking into the band room and see what's going on there. Cool. Well, uh, size-wise, how does Burton compare to Rock Creek? Um they don't. No. <laughs> Burton is a very small 1A, unfortunately, in declining enrollment. Uh, we see a lot of that happening in um, little small towns in Kansas. Uh, Burton's in a great place uh, in between Hutchison and Newton and Wichita and McPherson. Uh, but right now, I'm really not seeing a lot of growth. Um, unlike Rock Creek, uh, which uh, one of the things that drew me to Rock Creek were really the the Westmoreland and St. George, the smaller communities felt like what I know, uh, but that district is growing uh, by leaps and bounds, um, uh, both on its uh, western um, uh, border there with uh, Manhattan and also seeing growth on that east side um, uh, from, from Wamigo. So seeing a lot of growth. So uh, a different set of challenges than what I've had here at Burton. That's just going to continue too, because I think Potawatomi County is one of the one of, if not the fastest growing uh, counties in the state. So um, certainly something to look forward to. And I don't remember what, how much it's grown the last five or six years, but uh, it's been substantial. They've had to build new facilities there. They, they absolutely have. And after touring some of those facilities and then hearing, um, it'll be interesting to see uh, what the uh, uh, growth is going to be looking like and uh, uh, kind of like that long-term strategic planning for, for building is um, going to be one of the first things I'm going to have to uh, you know, get my finger on. Uh, talk to the people who are doing the building in that district and, and figure out what we're going to need. Uh, because the school system there, um, I'm just so impressed by what the community and the teaching staff and um, the, the, the people of Rock Creek have for their kids. They do really well academically and athletically. And I know that they're going to want those things to stay the same. So we're going to need to make sure that classroom size sizes stay manageable, that we have enough staff and enough uh, room uh, for great education to continue to happen. So all of those kids can have all of those opportunities that are afforded in um, a small school um, and while they're growing and making sure that that happens. Now you start July 1st, uh, but I imagine you're going to be spending some time up here between now and then, correct? 
actually, I'm going to be up there tomorrow. Uh, Kevin uh, Logan, the superintendent right now, has um, been uh, kind enough to spend the day with me tomorrow. So I'm going to uh, motor up to um, uh, Rock Creek uh, early tomorrow morning and spend the day with him. And then I'm going to um, spend the night there. And then I'm going to be on the hunt for uh, housing. I've been up a couple of times to take a look and um, trying to make some of those things happen while I sell the farm here in, in Burton. All right. Well, good luck with that. Uh, certainly, uh, I, I know how that moving is uh, is not an easy task. I, I'll, I'll admit <laughs> no. I've done my fair share. So, um, well, as far as uh, kind of goals that you have as you uh, start this new school year, anything in particular you're you're hoping to accomplish? I mean, really, uh, especially since I've hired so late, is really going to be trying to build those relationships, both with the, the Board of Education, with admin, with staff, and with people in both of those communities. Um, really kind of establish a, an open and transparent uh, mode of communication with everyone. Um, and truthfully, they're doing so many things well there. I'm not going to walk in wanting to change anything. I want to figure out all those things that they're doing making sure that we can continue to do those things as we see um, that growth in Rock Creek. All right. How, how good is it to have uh, someone like Kevin to kind of help school you a little bit here uh, in the transition? It'll be amazing. It'll be amazing. Um, and the fact that he's really leaving um, uh, with such a, a good support from the, the community and the board, um, it'll be really good to sit down and hear from him the things that have worked for him and, um, and, and two challenges for him, things that have been hard and kind of learn uh, those things uh, hopefully ahead of time before I take that position on myself. All right. Well, I'm trying to think of anything else. Uh, is there anything maybe I haven't asked that you think would be Well, um, I, I'm just going to say I did raise um, five kids. Um, they've all left the nest at this point. Um, I have a daughter who's stationed um, at Whiteman Air Force Base in Missouri. She's a pilot there. I have a son who lives in El Dorado, Kansas, and has his own business down there. I have a daughter who's working on her master's degree in public health in Denver, Colorado. I have another son who works in an accounting firm in Lawrence, Kansas. And then my youngest daughter just graduated from the University of Nebraska. Um, won't be using that degree because she also found flying. And um, uh, so uh, I have done the school system both as a teacher, as an admin, and as a parent. And um, uh, gives me a, a perspective on all of those different angles as, as I jump into this. Any worries here about wearing your Nebraska red out here in K-State country? Um, well, just so you know, a lot of my money went to K-State because I had children go there. Yeah. And so, no, no, that doesn't bother me at all. My last name is Simino. Come on. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I can do that, right? Right. Right. Uh, any, any relation there to... Uh, my husband's family, I believe they're okay. second or third cousins. I always get kind of get confused, but but yes, they're they're a Simino in the state. They're all related. Okay, very good. Well, that'll be good. And uh, too bad uh, Nebraska and K State don't play anymore. But uh, I know, I know. Yeah, it's good rivalry. Absolutely. Um, back in the day when I went to the University of Nebraska myself, um, had some great uh, Big Eight memories of of football. Awesome. Well, we certainly welcome you here to the community. It'd be good to get to know you a little bit better as we uh, go along. And again, we'll uh, continue to invite Joan and, and Rob here uh, the second Wednesdays of each month on News Radio KMAN so we can get our, 
uh, monthly update from both districts. So welcome aboard to both of you, and uh, thanks again for joining us here this morning. It was good to meet you. Thank you so much, Brennan. I appreciate the opportunity. All right. Sounds good. Uh, we're going to end it there, and we'll come back uh, in just a few minutes with Manhattan Area Technical College. Uh, Chris Boxberger standing by, and uh, we'll get an update from MATC next on K-Man. We're back here on In Focus News Radio KMAN. I'm Brandon Peoples, and uh, we're going to stay on the education theme here today with uh, our next segment, Manhattan Area Technical College. Uh, Jim Jeanette is off today, so we have uh, pinch hitting for him. Uh, Chris Boxberger, who is the Dean of Academic Partnerships and Outreach. Good morning. Good morning. So it's been a while since we've had you in here. How have you been? I've been good. We've just been uh, trucking along and uh, so many students, and we're just trying to get everybody in and out and get them moving on with their careers and yeah sounds good well lots of been lots of stuff going on at manhattan area technical college as of late of course you guys celebrated graduation last month um and that uh, seemed to be uh, a pretty fun event absolutely we always have a lot of fun we um our ceremonies over at Univ- university christian church um each year we graduate about anywhere between four to five hundred students and uh it's it's a big party if you've never attended um President Janant uh, is not your traditional president in a sense. I mean, obviously, we we have all that pomp and circumstance, but the students never leave to pomp and circumstance. He always puts on Queen, we are the champions, <laughs> and that's how we all walk out. And um, everyone, he, he discourages golf claps, and and it's it's just a, it's a very fun celebration, as it should be. Yeah, this year we decided to kind of – Every year we, we when we cover graduation, we usually go to the K-State graduation. We decided this year, you know what, let's see what MATC's got, because I always hear about these uh, things. So that's where we actually went for our uh, recap story here. Awesome. Was, I think it was the same weekend. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Sam Henney, our uh, news reporter, went and covered that and said it was pretty cool. So <laughs> good. good deal. And, and those those guys have some, you know, great careers ahead of them when they, whenever they complete an MATC degree. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, just kind of digging into some of the all with some of the data that we get from that. Eighty percent of our graduates stay in our area. And that's just absolutely huge. I mean, we're that's pulling almost about twenty million dollars in uh, our regional economic impact. Um, so having having those opportunities and having a job lined up right after graduation is just absolutely awesome. And you know, I know that uh, a big part of that is the the partnerships that you guys have forged with the area school district. We had Wamigo on a little bit ago, and I know how tight knit that partnership has been. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, we have our center in Wamigo, which has been great. We've been working on getting everything set up, but yeah, we partner with uh, let's um, Wamigo, Rock Creek, Manhattan, uh, Blue Valley, Riley, Manhattan Christian. So we we do our best to at, give as many opportunities to students to earn college credit at the same time while they're in high school. Uh, just in the last few years, at, at MHS is a great example. Um, in 2018, we were offering just about 41 different sections of courses, and this last year we were offering over 72. Uh, so the the interest is there. Students are seeing a lot of great success with this. Um, we even have some students that are coming close to completing a Certificate A in welding, and so 
I mean, there we have we actually have had one student come through and earn their certificate before they graduate high school, and then they went off and uh, are at K State right now in the engineering program. So that's great. That's exactly what we want. We uh, Manhattan Tech. We obviously we love having our students come to us, but if we can give the opportunity for a student to get ahead and to get some of those college credits, and then maybe go to K State or go to KU or in those areas, and we were just a part of that story. That's that's our goal. Now, when they take those classes for college credit, do they come to MATC or do they do it at their schools? Sure. So we actually have it set up on both. We have our concurrent classes that are set up with um, each high school. And in those high schools, we have um, uh, instructors who are – we can get them certified to teach college-level courses in their high school classroom. So that way, it's the school's teacher, it's during their school day, and it, for the student, it re, there's no extra work. You just go to class and you, you can earn college credit. Um, we do also have some other classes like our CNA and EMT courses. Right now, those are offered on our campus, um, just how we're currently set up and with space and everything at some of the high schools where we're trying to help out and have those opportunities on our campus. And that kind of leads to that college and career center uh, idea that we've been talking about probably for the last, though, I think six months has been really the big, the big jump on that. I know we've got some new uh, projects going on and all this other movement and yeah. Yeah. And, and that project, uh, so it's a, uh the way it's marketed here is called building higher education, which is a great uh, play on words there. Higher H I R E. But uh, that's, uh, it's going to be what sort of an expansion project, correct? Yeah. So currently, um, Manhattan Tech has the smallest footprint of any technical college in our state. We're only at 86,000 square foot. Um, the new, this new expansion plan, um, we're looking at a prefab building out on our east part of our campus. Um, we're looking at building a three-story building. Um, actually, just across from our existing building, we have this uh, nice hill that we're looking at. And then some other small expansion pieces inside, but that would increase us to over 230,000 square foot. And that obviously will give us a chance to expand our current programs, but that's also going to be able to help us meet some of the new industry demand because we we need programs. Uh, We have, there's a lot of interest and need for cybersecurity, data, data analytics, uh, and then, of course, uh, I think we this is probably all, all the talk with Scorpion coming in and all those other things with biomanufacturing. But we also need individuals that are can do plumbing and electrical um, just because we're going to have so many new homes that will be built, so many new businesses that will be built, especially on the east side of Manhattan, uh, west of Wamigo, and all those areas. It certainly seems like the demand is is going to be there for to support some sort of a, an expansion uh, and and. This is a, a a costly project. Is no no getting around it, <laughs> but it's uh, it seems like there's going to be public and private partnerships here. Absolutely, the bi- the biggest thing that we want to um, spread the word on is there's no cost to students for this. We want to make sure that the students are still getting that quality education and affordable price. Um, this project. Um, yes, I think it comes down to just under $100 million. Um, we are looking for public and private partnerships, donations. Um, we've been working with Greater Manhattan Community Foundation for years, and they have been very grateful, great, uh, gracious to help us um, set up an, a fund to get moving on some of this. But this is needed. Um, our programs are 
for lack of better words, busting at the seams. Um, we need space. And the high schools need space, too. Going back to the concurrent uh, offerings at all the high schools, um, there a lot of the high schools are running out of square footage, too, to offer these. To run a CNA course at um, a high school, you need a designated lab space. And I'm not sure there's very many high schools right now that have that just uh, an open room just so we can set up some equipment and have an instructor in there. So uh, at, at this juncture, where, where are you guys at in this uh, potential project here? Sure. Uh, to, I don't know all the pieces to the puzzle yet. Um, I do know that we've been doing some surveying around campus. We've got a whole lot of those little fun flags uh, marking different utilities on our property right now. Um, I think the plans have been drawn up. We're just looking for the support. Um, and I know that's uh, the, those conversations are or in, in the mix of everything, and we'd be more than happy to talk to anyone that's interested in giving, uh, giving back to the Manhattan community. Um, we, we feel that we're a big part of Manhattan. Um, like I said earlier, 80% of our graduates stay in the area. Those are consumers, taxpayers. Uh, those are the individuals that are helping keep our lights on during heavy storms. So um, we want to make sure that we're meeting the demand of our community and helping everyone grow. All right. It's pretty uh, exciting to think about this, and we'll see if uh, this uh, will, will come uh, to fruition. ManhattanTech.edu slash future. You can learn more about uh, the Building Higher uh, Education campaign here. And uh, I, I think it's exciting. Of course, we we know uh, how uh, important these kind of partnerships are to, uh, to, to and the shifting landscape, really, of college education right now. Sure. Uh, yeah, you, you see so many students that are going in. Four-year four education is still a wonderful thing. I still, if anyone is looking for that engineering or for those um, educational um, to be a teacher in the future, I always tell them, keep follow your heart, go, in that, go to that path. For the individuals who want to get out there and be a successful uh, electrician or to be to be one of the guys that are out there during a the storm, climbing the pole, helping to get the power back on for a, a small subdivision. Um, those are those are the people that we that we want to help, and we do our best. All of our programs, the longest, I mean, we go for two years for the associate's degrees. A lot of our programs have nine-month certificates, um, and then that way the, you're getting training, and you can work at the same time. You can go out and you can talk to um you can go work for a company while you're um, getting your education with us. All right, very good. Uh, let's take a let's take a break here. We'll come back and we'll talk about the adult education offerings at MATC, and we'll come back in just a moment here on News Radio KMAN. We're back here on In Focus News Radio KMAN, talking with Chris Boxberger over at Manhattan Area Technical College. And uh, Chris, I know you work a lot with uh, the adult education side of things. Yeah. Uh, what's What's new over there? We We had actually this a wonderful, wonderful semester um, this last spring. We celebrated that um, we had 100 graduates of high school uh, earning their high school diploma through our program since 2018 when we moved from the school district over to. Uh, Manhattan Tech. So that that was a big, in just less than, less than four years, we were able to help 100 individuals get their high school diploma. And a lot of them, we about 30% of them continue on into Manhattan Tech and they, they're already in our programs. Um, one story I love to share is we had a, an individual that came through and he was homeschooled and he, he just wanted to get his GED to kind of move on. He didn't know what he wanted to do. And so he came in, Guys, GED done, studied with us, 
and realized and looked at the HVAC program. I was like, wow, you know, that's actually kind of fun and interesting. You get to play with gauges and refrigerant and all this other stuff. And um, he ended up going through the program and graduating through that uh, within the two-year span for an associate's. And now he's in Kansas City and he has a wonderful job and he keeps in contact all the time. So that one's that's a, a fun success story. That's great. It's a, that's a story of somebody improving their life. I oh, mean, yeah. what a wonderful opportunity. Do you get a lot of guys, or guys and gals, I should say, uh, that are right out of high school? Or what, what's the typical age range of these folks? Uh, typical age range, I'd say, is probably that 18 to 25. Um, we do have plenty of students. Um, we welcome them anywhere. I mean, eight, uh, 16 is the, the uh, lowest that we can accept them at. But, yeah, all the way up to 99, we've had some individuals that – um, they've been retired for years, but they, for whatever reason, um, had to drop out. Just life is usually a good excuse. Um, and they come to us and just like, I want it. This is, this is my, this is my goal. I want to get this done. And yeah, they, they stick with us and they earn their high school diploma. And that's, that's also a rewarding thing because yes, obviously we want students to get their diploma so that we can, um, they can look into getting a better job or going into college and, gain the degree to start a new career. But there's also that benefit of just doing it for yourself. And then also you're doing it for the community. You really are. Because once once you become, you get that level of education, um, you can help anyone out. You can help a grandson out with their homework. And it, it, it's just good. All right. Well, if there's anybody out there listening and who maybe is thinking about it or maybe knows somebody who's thinking about it, how, uh, what's the program like? Is it like a couple nights a week? How does that work? Sure. So we, uh, we've had it, it's been set up a little different each, each year, um, just because we, we use student feedback a lot and COVID really changed that. Um, a lot of students prefer online. Um, a lot of our students, as we know, our unemployment rate in the area is low, which is fantastic. Um, but those individuals have to work. Um, so we have two options right now. We have an in-person class that is uh, one day a week. It is from basically nine in the morning to about 4.30, but we cover reading, math, and everything, and we have plenty of breaks in between, but we just so, if someone's working throughout a week, they only have to take one day off, or maybe they, they schedule their break on that day so that they come on campus, they um, study with us, and then they can schedule and take all their tests. Um, our other option is we do have an online program. We have an instructor um, who will check in with the a student every, I think it's like two hours each week, and then they work on, um, we use a program called Aztec, um, and they just log in, they complete assignments, and when they feel ready, they just schedule their test. So we try to be as flexible as we can, because um, we know that everyone is busy, and everyone is trying to take care of their family, and we don't want to be an extra burden, we don't want to set up a barrier for that, so yeah. And cost-wise, pretty affordable? Yeah. So our program is actually funded by state and federal uh, grants. Um, it's free to the student. The only thing we ask is a $60 materials fee because this just covers kind of those um, those ex- consumable products that we use in the classroom or any software licenses for the online stuff. Um, and we're, we work with students on, on that. Um, each GED test is uh, $33, um, and there's four of those, and that's it. All right. Well, that's uh, seems pretty simple, and maybe uh, less of an excuse to not do it. Then I I would hope so. I, I, anyone who who tells me they don't have um, a high school diploma, I I don't usually ask why. I usually just say, "Well, let's get you one. Like, let's let's do it right now." 
because uh, and and for those individuals who um, have been out of high school for a number of years, it's it's not as hard as you think because you actually are using a lot of the concepts you learned in middle and high school during your daily life. Um, I probably, everyone tells me, well, I don't use algebra. I'm like, uh, you, you do. You just don't necessarily realize it <laughs> when you're at a grocery store. So, yeah. All right. Well, that's wonderful. And I know, um, in the past you guys have done, uh, stuff for, uh, People who English isn't their first language too, right? Absolutely, yes. Our ESL program um, is wonderful. We have our instructors are just absolute class A instructors. Um, this last semester, we partnered with um, Manhattan Afghan Resettlement Team, uh, MART, and uh, we have a lot of our um, our families, the refugees from Afghanistan. They're in our program, and they are doing absolutely phenomenal. I think. If I could just take like all all of them and just duplicate them and have just like a hundred of those students, I I would be absolutely because they're all hungry. They all want to learn. They all just want they want to be better. They want to go out and get jobs. They want to learn learn English. Um, and then we're also in talks with um, future Ukrainians. Um, whenever we have any refugees come in from the Ukraine, we're ready to help them out as well. But um, those classes, they they're uh, run every day. Um, we have various levels. We try to, we don't want to put someone who, who doesn't understand English very well with someone who has a good idea with it because that can be intimidating. So we try to, we, we basically put cohorts together of those low level learners and then we just start moving them through the program. And those students will also have the opportunity to uh, move on into MATC or if they're interested in any other college, we'll gladly help them. I really admire uh, those folks who come through those programs. My wife, I, I'm, I'm a little biased here. My wife is an ESOL yeah. teacher at Lee Elementary so and works with some of the, uh, even some Afghan children there. So I know the passions are, the, if their children can speak the language, I'm sure they'd like to speak the language as well. So Absolutely. And we have so many of our students that, I mean, they, they're they're ready. They want to be part of our community and building that confidence is also just a huge piece, but being able to go home and help their, their kiddos with homework that, that just puts a smile on everybody's face. Yeah. Communication is such a big thing. Like we don't, I think a lot of us take it for granted, but uh, you know, being able just to, you know, communicate to your teacher or a principal about something that your child's having right. a problem with. I mean, it's so important. Right. If you and I go to a store and, and we don't know where something is, we'll find someone with an apron on or something and say, hey, where where is the where are the crackers at? But that's that's a huge like anxiety filled interaction for some of these students. And that and that's where our program really shines. Uh, we we're not just the classroom where a student will walk in and sit down and be lectured at for however many hours. We go over some basic concepts, but then we have, we call them field trips, but we go out <laughs> into the community and maybe we'll play a scavenger game inside of Dylan's and we'll just say, okay, go find this and then go to the meat counter and just ask about this. And we try to do all these things. And like this summer, we have everything set up where um, RCPD is going to come in or a Manhattan Fire Department's going to come in and do some presentations for them. And I think we're going to go out to A&H Farms and all these other uh, local Manhattan like stops. And uh, all of our students are very excited for that. Very cool. That's a good way to get them acclimated to our community. Yeah. Awesome. Well, is there anything else we haven't covered here this morning? Oh, goodness. Um, we, we've, we've covered a good amount. Um, no, I, I think that pretty well covers a lot of the, the current updates and, and things that we're looking at. Um, usually summer is kind of our slow time and we're able to get caught up on things, but um, uh, our classes just started, our summer classes for all the colleges started uh, this last week and 
we've got full classes and um, it just seems like it's go, go, go all the time. And I want to blame uh, President Jeanette for that. But um, <laughs> I, to be honest, I, it's a group effort. I mean, everyone, everyone that's over at that college cares. Um, if that's probably one of the things that anyone can uh, walk away from today's uh, interview with is, Manhattan Tech is not your typical college. You're not a number. You're not anything. You walk in. We're going to we're going to learn your name, and we're going to help you from the moment you put in an application all the way until you walk across the stage, and beyond. I mean, we we have some students that come back and they work with their instructors and say, "Hey, I I, I graduated. Um, do you have any help? Can you help me with a resume? Can you help me in the industry and those kinds of things?" So, all right, cool. Well. Our best to President Jeanette, and uh, we uh, certainly look forward to these chats every couple months. Uh, always look forward to talking to you guys. And, Chris, have a good summer. You too. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Sounds good. Uh, that's going to wrap up in focus here for us today on uh, News Radio KMAN. Coming up tomorrow, just give you a quick little preview of what we've got on the schedule. We're going to have uh, an interview that uh, we had with Colonel Will McCanny, the uh, Outgoing garrison commander at Fort Riley. We're going to replay. Or actually, we haven't played it yet. We had to pre-record that due to his schedule. So uh, that'll be up first tomorrow. We're also going to hear from uh, oh, the the director of the Fort Riley Museum, whose name escapes me right now. His first name is Bob. Uh, <laughs> but I, I just don't remember right now off the top of my head. Uh, but then we also have uh, some folks from Manhattan Housing Authority coming on the program tomorrow as well. So we'll be looking forward to that. Ron Wilson's going to join us at 7.03 tomorrow also to preview a cowboy poet uh, poetry contest coming up in Manhattan this Friday. So that'll be a cool event.